Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, if you would, take a second and hit that like button and the share button, especially today because we are online only today. So if you're tuning into this while you're driving to Eastgate Church, hit the brakes and go back home because nobody's at the church. This is the online only service. So if you're that one person that didn't get the news, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, turn around and go back home. It's going to be a great day today. So if you would, get a cup of coffee. Stretch out in your PJs, and let's get ready to dive into the Word today. Uh, with this being an online-only service, and you guys that attend Eastgate Church regularly, um, please remember to give online today. Uh, give online, hop on eastgatechurch.cc, click that giving link, and uh, it's quick and easy, um, and uh, you can just handle your business there. I love the new year. I love the new year because of what it represents. It's like... This pause in time, almost, at least we think it is, for us to reevaluate life. And a lot of us make these things called resolutions, where we're going to get better this next year than we were in the last year, and things are going to change this year, and all the junk that we dealt with last year is going to magically stop somehow and not carry over into this year. And I love making goals. I love setting goals for myself. I love trying to improve myself. I love trying to be a better me in the hands of God. And I think all that stuff is great. I think it's great. But what I have found personally is that the hype around New Year's doesn't really go very far into January. Um, New Year's resolutions are great, but most people don't follow through on them. And I've noticed this thing that happens every year. We think that time magically stops and we get a fresh start on everything ahead of us. And that's kind of true, but time doesn't stop. I keep this hourglass in my office, and it's kind of a reminder to me that time is constant. It never stops. It's always moving. And we all only have so much of it to do something with our lives. You know, it's always always moving forward. It's fluid. Time doesn't stop at the new year. It's like, it's the same story of our life that's unfolding. You know, this little hourglass for each one of us started when we were born, and eventually it's going to run out. That time is just going to keep on going. So it's not like there's the end of something old and the beginning of something new. It's a continuation of the time that we have. It's a continuation of the time that we have. It's a new year, but it's the same story. And what we're doing is just turning the page and starting a new chapter, as it were. And I know some of y'all are like, yeah, turning a new page sounds great to me because I am so over 2022. I am so over it. I am over it. Like right now, just at home, right now, just shout, I'm over it because I feel it right now. You're, you're over the drama that you had to experience. You're over the frustration that 2022 brought. You're over all of the relational issues. You're over your car breaking down. You're over losing the job. You're over the financial pressure. You're over the overall frustration that came with that year, you're ready to turn the page and move on to a new year, and I get it. You're ready to start a new chapter. Me too. Me too. Me too. But I, I got to think sometimes that it helps 
for us to have a proper perspective on the stuff that we experience. So a lot of times we look at last year in a negative way, and we look at the upcoming year in this great like bubble of positivity, but we've got to remember that Jesus' words were true when he said that in life we were going to face trouble. Yeah. That doesn't go away. That doesn't go away. And, and preachers everywhere are going to be jumping up and down on the stage today saying, this is going to be your best year ever. This is going to be the year of prosperity. This is going to be the year of blessing. And it very well could be, but this is what I can promise you, is that this year is going to carry with it the same kind of trouble that last year did. So we've got to have the right perspective on this thing. Otherwise, we're going to reach the end of this upcoming year, and we're going to look back, and we're going to say, I am over it. I can't wait to turn the page on 2023 and move on, because that trouble is going to be constant. But how we respond to it is everything. You've got to have the right perspective. i got a love-hate relationship with 285. I like that I can get on it and sometimes miss all the traffic and congestion in Atlanta, but sometimes 285 is, is worse than, than I-20 or, or 75. I don't know if anything's worse than 85, but, but you know what? I can get an amen out there. Love-hate relationship with 285, man, because there's so much you got to look out for on 285. You can't just focus on the traffic. You gotta focus on the traffic though, because these 18 wheelers, they like they think the lines that form lanes are more suggestions and actual boundaries they need to stay inside of. People are always cutting you off, you know. But you can't just focus on traffic, you gotta watch out for the potholes too. Because a pothole on 285 will jack you up. You know? And and you gotta make sure you're going the right speed too. They got speed limit signs posted up that say 55 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour. Look, that that's not the limit of your speed, that's a warning that says if you go 55, you are going to die. <laughs> if you go that speed, you're going to get run over. If you're not at least going like 70 to 80 miles an hour, you're going to get past like you're tied to a stump. You know, traffic on 285 is crazy. But it makes this loop around the perimeter of Atlanta. And I was going on 285 with a buddy of mine a while back. And uh, we were going to this place, and he was just giving me, like, verbal directions as we go. No GPS or nothing like that. And we're driving down 285, and he goes, take the next exit. Uh, cool. Going down 285, I'll take the next exit. And as I'm driving past the exit we were almost at, he goes, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean what I'm doing? I'm going to the next exit. He goes, no, that was the exit. I said, that's not the next exit. That was, the, that was this exit. Now, the next exit is the next exit. And he goes, no, that was the next exit. And we had this big talk. Have you ever had that this exit or next, the next exit discussion with your spouse going down the road? Hey, get off here while, yeah. Um, so we went down to the next exit and turned around and went back to the right exit. It would have been crazy for me to just keep driving around the loop of 285 to come back to the exit that we were supposed to get off on. That would have been crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would have been insane for me to do that. I just hopped off, went around, and came back. I think too many times in life we wait while we're going around the loop of a proverbial 285, waiting for the right moment for change in our lives. 
you know, wait, waiting for the, the new year to start with our resolutions fresh and new, you know, when we could do it today. To wait for the pastor to say the right thing in a service or wait for God to push us at the right moment instead of realizing we've got every moment to take advantage of the opportunity to change. I ain't too many times we go through this circle waiting for those right moments and the whole time, time just ticks by and we lose so many opportunities. We waste so many moments. It's like the children of Israel you know, when they were leaving Egypt, going into the promised land, I know we talk about that a lot here, but it's, it's big because too many people get to the point where God wants them to cross over that Jordan River into the promised land, and they back up because it's intimidating. Or they back up because they don't trust God at the level that he needs them to, to move across. And so we get caught up on that 285 loop in the wilderness, just like the children of Israel did. Wasted 40 years a whole generation died out because of a missed opportunity. And I don't want that to happen to us. I don't want us to get caught up in this cycle of, of always coming up to the moment but never taking advantage of the moment and having the opportunity to change but never taking the opportunity to change, to, to buy into the hype of a special day which is really just another day when change could take place any moment of any day. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think a lot of us are caught up in that. I mean, think about this for a second. It, if, if you don't learn the lessons of last year, they will become the battles of this year. I'll say it again. If you don't learn the lessons of last year, they will become the battles of this year. I mean, be real. Think about how many years in a row you struggled with the same issue. Think about how many years in a row you set a goal of losing weight or getting in shape, or how many years in a row you said, this is the year that I am going to stop getting in relationships with toxic people. You know, this is the year that I'm going to get my finances straight, or this is the year that I'm finally going to step out and take the risk and trust God and launch the business or, or answer the call that I know that he's put on my life and step out into it. You know, but, but if you look back, this has probably been the same pattern year after year after year after after year after year because we're caught in some pattern waiting for something magical to happen that's not going to happen let me challenge you with all of my heart to let this year be the year that you trust God to let this year be the year that you allow him access to your heart to be everything that he's called you to be to step out into the unknown to step out where there doesn't look like there's going to be anywhere for your foot to fall and trust him to bridge the gap trust him to make the way trust him to provide trust him to heal trust him to be there trust him step out this can be the year that it all changes and it might not be as complicated as you think it is instead of running around in a circle letting time tick by what if we learn the lessons from last year and applied them to this year and just hit a whole nother level. Maybe, maybe, the trouble that you faced, if you look at it with the right perspective, wasn't meant to frustrate you, wasn't meant to harm you, wasn't even meant to take you out. Maybe it was meant to refine you. 
can God be a provider if there's no need for provision? How can God be the healer if there's no need for healing? See what I'm saying? How can God be the way maker in our lives if we don't come to the place where if he doesn't do something, nothing's going to happen? It, it's those moments where we perceive all, all the junk is breaking loose in our lives that God works the most in refining us and teaching us and equipping us so that we can walk into the next season ready for what he has in store for us. Maybe losing the job and, and being tight on finances and having to run a really tight budget taught you what you needed to know and being efficient so that when God brings the increase into your life in the next season or the season after, you're more than able to operate in it without wasting it. Perspective is everything. And if you don't learn the lessons today, they become the same battles tomorrow. So let God work in you. Learn those lessons. Learn those lessons. And I bet you a lot of the frustrations that we face every year where we're ready to turn the page and say, I'm over it, maybe that would stop. We could look back and say, wow, I'm still here. And I can see how God was working through all of it throughout the year. Perspective is everything. You don't get over it by living in denial. You've got to own it and have a plan to change. You've got to own it and have a plan to change. Um, plans are important. Plans are absolutely important. Uh, in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. It says, Write the vision and make it plain. Write the vision and make it plain. Probably there's some things that you want to grow in this year. And there are areas that you want to see you improve in this year. Um, I'd suggest making a list. Now, I'm not saying make a New Year's resolution list because those things never work. What, what I'm suggesting is you begin to list out a growth plan for your life. A growth plan is different than a resolution list. It, I had a... Uh, a buddy of mine who was making this New Year's resolution list, and he had like 50 things on it that he was going to change over the course of the year. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to be this person. And it's just too much. So when you're making this list, I suggest focus on maybe three things. Three things. Three things that you want to improve in and grow in. But before you get too far on the list, here's what I would do. I would suggest that you hit pause and pray and get in the presence of God and sit before him and let him give you his list instead of blazing your own trail with the things that you think need to happen in your life because many times that's where we go off track and that's where we find ourselves in this big cycle and this big loop because we're trying to do things on our own instead of listening to God and doing what he says. Proverbs uh, chapter 16 and verse 9, it says, We can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. Your plans are great, but I promise you this, God's plan is better. God's plan is better. So here's a suggestion. If you want to avoid the cycle, if you want to learn the lessons that the Lord is trying to teach you, if you want to improve and become a better person and a better tool in his hand this year so that you're not wasting the time that's ticking away, 
even, even while I'm talking right now, this hourglass is just flowing away and doing what it does. Time is constant. It's always moving. You can either let time work for you or let time work against you. And what I'm saying is, let's get in line with God and let that time work for us instead of wasting it, going around in that big loop. Here's, here's what I would suggest. If you're going to put down anything as a goal this year, anything, the New Year's resolution, if you want to call it that, or a growth plan, whatever you want to call it, if you, I would suggest you start with this one item. And this is going to sound so simple, but I'm going to tell you it's the most productive and effective thing you're probably going to do all year. Get closer to God. Get closer to God. Don't, don't worry about budgets. Don't worry about losing 350 pounds in two weeks or whatever crazy goals we come up with sometimes. Yeah. Get closer to God. Now, that's easy. That's a step everyone can take. When you get closer to something, you're, you're closing the gap between you and that person or you and that thing. Get closer to God and close the gap and close the distance between you and him this year. And if you do that, some things, that, a lot of the things that, that have frustrated you over the last few years, a lot of things that have just kind of capped you over the last few years, if you get closer to God, a lot of those things will resolve themselves on their own as a natural outgrowth of your relationship with him. I'll show you just a few things that can happen as you get closer to God. Number one, if you want to take notes at home, is this. Uh, you'll worry less and have more peace just by getting closer to God. How many of you have been stressed out over the last few years over ABC or XYZ, whatever it is? And worry happens when things are going on in life that are out of our control. We can't put our hands on it and make it do what we want it to do, so we fret and we worry about it. Listen, some of you are, are, are just stressed out to the max over stuff that you can't control. Your anxiety is through the roof. And you're emotionally exhausted, and you find yourself coming in and out of depression because you're worrying all the time. I know some depression is like a, it's a genetic thing and there's a chemical imbalance that has to be medically treated. But a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression we bring on ourselves because we're worrying about stuff that we don't need to worry about. Getting closer to God, it removes that worry and it, we operate in peace. Um, Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3, it, it reads, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. The closer you get to God, the more you trust him. The more you trust him, the less you worry about the issues of life because you know he's got it. Now listen, I get it. I'm a type A personality. I'll, I'll confess. I am type A through and through. I love plans. I love structure. My wife is nodding her head and saying amen, I guarantee you. Uh, I, love, I love making sure that we have thought things through. I don't like deviating from plans, even though I know reality says there's no plan that's never going to, it's always going to change. Um, no matter what, how well you lay it out, things are always going to change. I have to come to terms with the fact that the world's not perfect. 
There's going to be trouble. Stuff's going to get jacked up. And I can't control every aspect of it. Because if I don't come to grips with that, I'm going to stress myself out. Hey, I got some encouraging news for you. We live on a planet that is spinning around at over a thousand miles an hour. It's flying through space at over 67,000 miles an hour, orbiting around a huge fireball in our solar system with planets and comets and asteroids zooming by us. Listen, nobody's in control on this planet. <laughs> it's an illusion. It's an illusion. Only God is in control. So it's best to be close to the one who holds you in the palm of his hand. It's best to be close to the one that can really resolve the issues that we fret and worry about. So getting close to God, uh, you'll worry less and you'll have more peace. If you get close to God, something else will happen that's really cool. You'll love others more and have less drama. You'll love others more and you'll have less drama. How many of you had just crazy drama with people and issues and stuff last year or maybe even right now? Listen, if you get close to God, things will begin to change because the closer you get to him, the more you become like him. And his heart becomes your heart. And when you love like God loves, you will see like God sees. And you'll see people in a completely different light. And, and those people that, that, just the drama, just the drama bus, they get off the drama bus, they bring the drama to work, they bring the drama to family reunions, they're, they're the friends that, it's just drama, 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 you know. Um, you'll see them differently. You'll see them through the lens of love. And that love that you have will cause you to bear with them in love. That love that you have will cause you to be patient and kind. Like 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient, love is kind. That love will cause you to pray for them instead of complaining about them. Now be real. How many, how many times have you complained about somebody causing some kind of trouble Versus how many times you've genuinely lifted them up in prayer. You get closer to God, you capture his heart. You'll love people like he does. You'll find yourself praying for people more, seeing them in a new light. And that drama will start to drop because you won't be participating in it anymore. You'll be flying above it operating the way that the Lord has called you to. to, be, to you'll be focusing on being the light and the salt of the earth, and Jesus was skin onto those people. Where before, you wanted to throat punch them, I get it. You, you punch them in the throat and, and trust God to heal them, but, but getting closer to God changes that. And that frustration sometimes turns to sympathy and even empathy and causes you to want to grab them and lift them up instead of putting them down. So getting close to God, it'll cut out, it'll cut out the drama, because you will love people more. The third thing getting close to God will do, uh, you'll become spiritually consistent. That's huge. How many years have gone by where you've done the roller coaster thing that your typical non-consistent Christian is going to do where when it comes to Sunday, whoo, hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we're on the mountaintop and it's good and here comes Monday. And you just crash. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're just, 
down in it, and then Sunday, whoo, you get back into church, and there it is again. How about this year in drawing closer to God? You gain consistency in your walk with God. And instead of dipping down into the lows, man, we just rise above. We just rise above, above all of it consistency in your walk with God. Some of you have dealt with repetitive sin for years because you don't have consistency in your walk with God. Some of you are frustrated because you can't kick addiction, because you're still, you, you can't get free from pornography. You can't stop going from one relationship to another and using people, and, and it disgusts you, and you try to break that habit, but you find yourself falling back into it or going to a bottle for relief of the stress of the world and, and, and the day instead of getting into the closet of prayer and letting the presence of God transform you and change you and and get you that peace that you're trying to get from all of that junk. Listen, listen, consistency in your walk will resolve all of that stuff because the closer you get to him, the more he changes you from the inside out. And those issues that you've wrestled with, it will disappear as an outgrowth of consistency in your walk with God. If you draw close to him, you'll find consistency in your spiritual walk. And the last thing is this, um, if you draw close to God, you'll operate in his capacity, not yours. Now that's huge. As a pastor, I talk to people all the time that are just burnt out. Burn out. And maybe you're limping through, in the, into, through the holiday seasons, you're limping into 2023 right now, just burn out. Mentally, you're burnt out. Emotionally, you're burnt out. Physically, you're burnt out and exhausted. See, we get that way when we try to do too much ourselves. Jesus said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. He said, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Just let, let him carry it. You understand? You learn to operate in his strength. And too many times we try to take the world and put it on our shoulders and we carry our friends, we carry our family, we carry the business, we carry, and, and, I, and I get it, some seasons you have to do that. Some seasons you just gotta straighten up and be the man. You gotta straighten up and be the woman and make it happen and be strong for others when they can't be strong for themselves. But you are not designed to carry that load all the time. And that's part of what's just destroying you over time. Think back on a year where you weren't exhausted. Think back on a year where you weren't just flirting with burnout. When was the last time you were excited to go to your job? Or just excited about anything? In your, you see, when we get burnt out and overloaded, man, the beauty of life just disappears. And instead of making the most of the moments that are passing by, we're just existing instead of living. When you draw close to the Lord, you learn how to tap into His strength. He's the one. He's the one. You give the stuff to him instead of trying to carry it yourself. And you learn how to apply that scripture that says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. He's the one that sustains. So instead of trying to do everything on your own, draw closer to the Lord and tap into his capacity. Instead of being limited by your best, think about how much more you could accomplish for the kingdom 
in his strength. Think about how, how much better you could be available to your family in his strength and not your own. That you could be a better father, you could be a better mother, you could be a better, you could be a better person at work, you could be a better business owner, you could be a better leader. Your ministry could explode if you just put it in his hands instead of trying to carry it all the time in yours. Getting closer to God solves a lot of the stuff that we want to turn the page on. All that stuff that we say that we're over sometimes at the, the end of one year and moving into the beginning of another one, man, it could easily be resolved, honestly, if we just get closer to him. Got a question for you. What kind of person do you want to be? You want to be that person stuck on that 285 in that wilderness? Or do you want to pump the brakes, get off on the next exit, the next exit, not this exit, the next exit, turn around and get back on track. To get back on track was where God wants you. It all starts with getting closer to Him. And this right here, this doesn't go away. You've only got so much time. I know that's pretty deep. That might be kind of heavy in your living room drinking coffee right now. I get it. It, it makes Cheerios crunch not as loud, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> but you only got so much time. You only got so many sunsets. You only got so many opportunities. You don't want to reach the end of your life and look back on a life of regret. What if this year was the year that we got the right perspective and stopped complaining but started recognizing the opportunities for growth that the Lord was giving us. That this is the year that we learn the lessons that God is trying to teach us so we don't have to repeat the battles again next year. What if this is the year that we got closer to God and watched that relationship resolve the vast majority of stuff that we complain about? It starts and it ends with a relationship with Him. Get closer to God. You can do that today. You can do that today. Not tomorrow, not the next day. You can do that today. And then let Him speak to you and let Him point out the areas that He wants you to grow in. Now that is the way to start a new year right. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you so much for each and every person that's watching, for every person that's going to listen to this later on the podcast. Lord, I just ask that you speak to us. The beginning of this new year, so much possibility in front of us, so many people that need to be reached. God, I pray that you would cause us to just hit pause for a moment and evaluate our relationship with you. Because the success of this year, it hinges on that. We want to be successful according to your definition of success. We want to grow in the areas that you want us to grow in because only you know what is ahead of us in the next season. Only you know how you need to prepare us. Only you know how you need to equip us, Lord. I pray that we're sensitive to that. God, that we listen to you and we do what you say, Father. That we put you first and allow you to work through us, 
to resolve a lot of the issues out of that relationship with you. It starts there. It flows out of there. Everything hinges on that, God. Lord, if we're far from you, Lord, I pray that we pump the brakes. <laughs> Instead of going around that circle again, that we pump the brakes, get off on the exit, and get back on track with where we need to be, Lord. Lined up with you. Focused on 2023. And, and instead of buying into the hype of 2023 could be the year of blessing or prosperity. What if 2023 was just simply the year that we drew closer to you and then watched you move mountains and drop giants and open doors and make the way. But most of all, that this is the year as we draw closer to you, that you make us who you want us to be to do what you've called us to do so that we can make every moment count for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week live in person here at Eastgate Church. Have a great day.